Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sydney, Sydney McElroy. Yes, just Justin McElroy. Sydney McElroy, co-host of Sawbones, a marital tour of Misguided Medicine. Yes, did you, did you have a question, Justin McElroy, other co-host? It's me, Justin. Listen, I don't want to panic you, uh, but after bitter irony uh, uh-huh. to report, after almost 30 episodes of talking about disease, I myself have contracted a disease. Oh, um, who told you that, uh... I'm gonna show where you. Did, okay. I'm gonna show you, Sid. Are, are you sure? Strengthen your resolve, Is this Sydney. just another one of those times you think? No, no, no. I'm positive, maybe. Sid. Sid's to listen. Okay. I have contracted leprosy. Oh. Leprosy? Oh, it feels good just to get it off my chest. I'm so sorry to burn you with this. How I do want, you even know? I'll show you. I'll show you. What leprosy but please is. please strengthen your stomach because this is going to be hard for you to see and it's going to make some big changes for us. Okay, are you are you braced? Yes, honey. Look at this. That? Yeah, right here under my chin. I mean, the... It, honey, it looks like you cut yourself shaving. No, it's bleeding and there's skin missing. Well, yeah, I mean, it look it kind of looks like you nicked yourself with with your. With, when did you notice this? After I shaved. Yeah, honey, you just cut yourself shaving. Okay, it's, wait, wait, it's not wait, 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 wait. Look at this. This right here, on my sleeve, under my sleeve. Honey, that's a freckle. Okay, that's been there like literally since I've known you. Okay. Convidating Thomas, fine. Yeah, well, no, I mean it's not. It's a I freckle. Have one it's more, fine. I have one more. Look at this. Dun dun dun. Honey, I think that's some jelly from your toast earlier. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's jelly. See. It t- tastes pretty good. It uh, and it's not leprosy. No, that's that's jelly. It's delicious. how would you even know? How how would I know the difference between leprosy and jelly? How does anybody know the difference between leprosy and jelly? <laughs> well, to be fair, um, throughout human history, we haven't always been great at telling the difference between leprosy and other diseases, although I don't know that it was often confused with jelly. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a first time for everything. Um, usually you can tell because jelly is so much more delicious than leprosy. Right, correct. Uh but to be fair, we're, we now have much more sophisticated methods of figuring that out. What? Well, take me back to the beginning of leprosy, and maybe by the end of this episode, you can convince me that that's not what I've been, I mean, let's just call it what it's stricken with. Right, okay. And in the meantime, maybe you could get some toast. 
Uh, for the jelly, right? right. Ha, ha. Very yeah. leprosy joke. Okay. I get it. Very no, funny. A leprosy joke yeah. about Hilarious. jelly. It went way around. So leprosy dates back, if you didn't know this, Justin, to probably 4,000 BC, maybe longer. Th- that's um, a long time. Yeah, it's been around a really long time. They took DNA from a corpse from old Jerusalem, and they figured that it had leprosy from the DNA. Okay, uh, <laughs> what, it was missing some skin? Yeah, ancient scientists, yeah, I, I would think. I think it was just a, like a bet, like, hey, I bet they had leprosy. I bet it had leprosy, where's his nose? I mean, we've heard a lot about it, somebody had to have it. I have leprosy, I don't know, it's <laughs> missing some stuff. <laughs> he don't look good. Well, yeah. Like, it's a mummy. Thousands of years old. Um. And all throughout history, different, you know, Hippocrates talked about it in 460. I mean, this is this is probably one of our oldest and most uh, discussed diseases mm-hmm. throughout throughout history. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that pops up in in the Bible a decent Absolutely. amount. Absolutely, yeah. To, to an extent where I, you kind of start to assume like half the people had it. It comes up a lot. Um, do you know where the word leprosy comes from? Come on, Sid. Obviously no. not. Okay. So there are two two possibilities. There's the Indo-European term lap, which means the removal of scales. Mm-hmm. So they thought because of some of the appearance of some of the skin lesions that perhaps that could be where it's from. Or from lepra, which is the Greek word for scales. I mean, I figure that's probably from the same common root. Yeah. You know, both both things. But anyway, that's that's where the word leprosy comes from. Um, and again, that's because of the appearance of, the, of the, some of the skin. Now there are a lot of, before I kind of tell you the history, uh, let me just say that uh, a lot of people don't really understand what leprosy causes, like what the disease leprosy, what how that manifests in a person. Shameful. It's like read a book, you know? Right, they think it's like, you know, when they nick themselves shaving or maybe jelly. Possibly, I agree to disagree. But there's a lot of misconception about uh, people having leprosy and like losing body parts and, um, I don't know that I just think people people's vision of leprosy is not quite what it what it was or is today. Okay, well, clear it up for us. So what what is it what what does leprosy really look like? Okay, so there are different forms, so it depends on which form of leprosy you have, but it could just present as some um like a uh, numb pale patches on your skin, some areas on your skin where the the color changes and they become numb because it it also damages nerve tissue. Um you can have areas which actually, you know, the skin becomes thickened and scaly and forms nodules. There is possibility of like nasal deformity and you can lose, you know, parts of your, like the nasal structure, parts of your nose as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can have weakness as well and, and kind of this uh, diffuse like nervous system involvement where your hands and, and feet and legs and arms eventually become numb or weak or, you know, the nerves become damaged. Uh, but that's that's very different from I think what we picture, and again it depends on the patient and it depends on which form you have. Mm-hmm. It's really slow growing this disease. It has a super long incubation period, so it's really hard to figure out when people got it. Um, it it's usually three to five years that you carry it around before you ever have a symptom. Wow. Uh, but it so can, you're saying I could have it right now and just not know. Oh, let's not possibly. Probably not. Okay. Why not? 
Because this is interesting. Do you know that about 95% of the population is not susceptible to infection? That does make me feel better. Slightly better. I think that's a pretty staggering statistic because I got the same impression that, like, biblically, everybody had leprosy. Basically. Uh, But just it has to do as much with your immune system's reaction uh, to the bacterium as it does to the disease itself. Uh, so like I said, 95% of people are not, you know, even after coming into contact with it, are not going to actually become infected. It's, it's transmitted by nasal droplets. It usually has to be long sustained contacts. You got to hang around people a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that you're just going to pass somebody in a hallway and get, um, there's some evidence that may be broken skin too, but, Mm. but it's not easy to get and it's not common. Got it. Okay. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling comfortable discussing this now. And you can only get it from humans, maybe armadillos. Wait, what? Well, I don't know that there are actually any cases of armadillo to human transmission, but I do think it's interesting that armadillos in this country, in the U.S., uh, happen to be a natural reservoir for leprosy. A, a rich vein of natural <laughs> leprosy. Out, Just the way mom used to make. That's their greatest defense mechanism. Why you, a natural, a, a reservoir? Like, yeah. like we need to store it? Well, no, that's a term. Is a term? Yeah. Okay. The armadillos are reservoirs. So it's kind of sciencey. It's a little jargony for my Sorry. taste. I prefer to just paint all armadillos with a broad brush and call them what they are, which is demonic spreaders of pestilence. <laughs> I know your game. You think it's so cute the way you roll up into a ball like a giant pill bug. I'm on to you, armadillos. It's it's great because that's the only thing that's keeping us from all wanting to hug and cuddle armadillos, mm-hmm. of course, is the leprosy. Otherwise, they're such cuddly creatures. God, if I saw an armadillo in real life, I would already lose my mind. But now I'm going to see that, that, that roly-poly guy and think, oh, man, you got leprosy. Are you, are you afraid of armadillos? I'm pretty afraid of all wildlife, but yeah. especially armadillos are very foreign. They're like little dinosaurs. You should have seen once. There was a raccoon out on our out on our fire escape and justin saw it it was a raccoon there where i am a a human (laughs) i thought he was gonna lose his mind it was just there in my trash (laughs) oh my god i can't think about that they look so cute with their little mask i can't think about it's like a furry bandit mask i can't think about that right now i'm trying to do a comedy podcast and you're making me live this traumatic experience i'm sorry move on all right let's let's talk about the bible Finally, <laughs> let's it's move the only thing into I find something scarier than raccoons. Let's move into something that's not controversial at all. Yeah, let's talk about religion. In the Bible, you know, it divides leprosy into clean leprosy and unclean leprosy, mm-hmm. uh, which are not actual medical categories of any significance. Um, unclean leprosy was probably leprosy. You know, when they when they talk about a patient who had unclean leprosy that probably was the real deal they talked about changes in their skin um losing again losing body parts probably focusing on the nose because that is something that can happen um but but big skin lesions so when they referred to somebody who had that that they probably got it right then they talked about clean leprosy clean leprosy like the decaf of the leprosy world <laughs> Was and clean and and these people were treated differently. If you had unclean leprosy, um, you would not get around these people. They were completely quarantined off from the rest of society. And if any of their, uh, if they touched anything that you owned, you would burn it. Mm-hmm. 
um, clean leprosy was not treated the same way. Uh, these were people who just had their skin lost its pigment. So maybe this actually included some people who had leprosy, but it also probably included a lot of people who had vitiligo. What's vitiligo? It's a skin condition where, you know, uh, people with uh, darker pigmented skin lose the melanin. So hmm. like Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. And so people would become paler. And uh, so there were probably a lot of people who actually just had vitiligo who were thrown into this category. Doesn't seem fair. Uh, that, and this was this is common. There's a lot of stuff that's discussed uh, in the Bible and then, you know, from the years that follow and the time periods that follow that was called leprosy that, again, probably wasn't. Uh, psoriasis was mistaken for leprosy. Uh, tinea capitis or like um, a fungal infection of the scalp because you would lose like a patch of hair and it didn't look very pleasant. So they thought that was, you know, leprosy. Um, and there are all kinds of fungal infections of the skin. You know, athlete's foot probably would have been mistaken for leprosy back then. Bad spray tans. Anything. Exactly. Snooky has leprosy. I knew it. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> she hid it in her hair. Um, That's an armadillo up there. Didn't you know? Now, eventually, uh, we we figured out what is and isn't leprosy in 1873 uh, when a Dr. G.H. Armour, Armour, Hansen, Armois, the least popular Hansen brother, <laughs> in Norway, uh, discovered the causative agent, Mycobacterium leprae. So, kind of related to tuberculosis, same same family there. Mm -hmm. um, he identified the agent that caused disease. Um, because it was actually in the 1800s pretty rampant in Norway and Iceland and England and hmm. and those regions. Um, that's why leprosy is also known as Hansen's disease. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Not just I was up there for getting umbop stuck in your head, but that's it's good to know that that, that I was incorrect. Yes, and and Hansen's disease is not named for Hansen. What? It's not named for the band. We didn't name leprosy after the band Hansen. Right? Why you, would we? We named it. After that guy, Hanson, you were just talking about, I assume? Right. Right. Because why would we name it after the band, Justin? Right. The premise of the show is I don't know about medicine. I'm not like a, <laughs> a, a high-functioning child. I'm just making sure. I mean, I have my cognitive abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm you just put, saying, like, like, why would we name it after the band? If you like, I mean, What did they have to do with leprosy? They didn't figure anything yeah, out. Yeah, if you like held up a picture of a werewolf, I wouldn't like run behind a couch and start peeing myself. Like, I have my faculties about me. Do you remember how afraid you got a few minutes ago when I was remembering the raccoon that was on the fire escape of an apartment we lived in five years ago? How we tried to treat this over the years, Sydney? Like, a lot of the diseases we talk about on this show, uh, leprosy was seen as a punishment or a curse from God or the gods. You know, so you did something wrong and now this horrible thing has been visited upon you. Mm -hmm. And so pray, get right with God, have holy people pray over you. Um, hopefully it'll go away. Uh, that's probably the oldest treatment for anything, I think would be fair to say. Still probably the most widely prescribed too for any for any ailment uh, as a first line. You know, yeah, that's a good point. That's probably the longest existing treatment for anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Besides rub some dirt in it. <laughs> One of my dad's favorites. And Adam. Also, run it off. Run it off, Caleb. <laughs> run it off. Caleb? Or, or what was that fool's name? Cain, Abel, combined them. Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, <laughs> the third son, Caleb. <laughs> the third son, Caleb. I don't, I don't know his story. So 
Nobody does. That it's must have just time. been, that was just in your Baptist Bible. He, he was, as it turns out, an armadillo. A lot of people don't know that about Caleb. He had leprosy. It was very sad. He terrified Justin in his later years. <laughs> Scariest Bible story is not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as you may have assumed, but rather Caleb, the armadillo, <laughs> the half man, half, half uh, armadillo. C- Caleb, the armadillo is my favorite veggie tale. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is goofy. Move on. Come on. Um, Got a lot of stuff okay. right here. So if prayer doesn't work, what else? Let's try blood. Um, that's what everybody likes to try, it's right? It's a good first line. It seems very, there's a lot of power we assign to it, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the Greeks tried it, the Egyptians, uh, the Chinese, they all tried blood for leprosy. You could either rub it on, you know, the affected areas or you could drink it. Okay. Um, originally, the blood you would prefer, virgin blood. Or perhaps child blood. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we didn't have like a great way of getting that blood out. We didn't have like cool syringes and things. Oh, no. Cool syringes? Yeah. Like ones that kids would like? Like, with, <laughs> no, I don't mean like with syringes. my little ponies on them. Or I just mean Power Rangers or no, something. No, not like, like decals. Check I mean, it like, out. just in the way that syringes would have been cool to Crow Magnons back then. No, I, I don't want to think about where the virgin and child blood yeah. came from. Um, in, I guess, in a more humane t- period, we switched to animal blood. I still don't know that that's humane. So lamb or dog's blood mm-hmm. was used. Do you know that this carried on until 1790? Sheesh. That's a long time. Yeah, we kind of took a breather on treating leprosy, huh? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of blood. Now, nice. there were other things thrown in there from time to time. Um, snake venom was mm-hmm. a popular a popular suggestion, um, especially Cobra. And uh, you know who was a big fan of that? Let me guess. Guess. Pliny the Elder. Uh, you're going to say it right now, aren't you? Apparently, it's Pliny, folks. So apparently, our friend Pliny the Elder is actually Pliny the Elder. But I think we can we stick with Pliny. I prefer Pliny. It's, it's so much funnier. funnier. Yeah, it's much funnier. Think about it, Pliny. 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 It's because it's from Plinius. I think it's a shortened anyway. Pliny. All yeah, right. I'm sorry. I'm if wrong. If you don't like it, go find another medical history <laughs> podcast. I'm wrong, but I'm sticking with Pliny. Let's go with it. Um, if you don't have a snake, I you don't. could try some scorpion mm-hmm. venom. <laughs> Perhaps a poisonous frog. Mm-hmm. Or there was some kind of a climbing fish that you could use that had some kind of venom. Okay. That's, um, that's horrifying. But uh, oh, oh, fish can climb now and they're poisonous. Fantastic. <laughs> Just the thing to take my mind off my leprosy. And you know, if there are poisonous climbing fish, they definitely exist in the Ohio River. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely no have them here. Four eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually this would uh, morph into uh, increasing doses of bee stings. What? You don't want to try snake venom. Let's just uh, sting you with a bunch of bees and see if it fixes your leprosy. I mean, it took my mind off my leprosy. Yeah, leprosy was the worst of my problems. I'm covered in bees. Hey, is, was that the secret story that was going on in My Girl? <laughs> <laughs> that movie is a treasure, and I will not have it denigrated on this or any other podcast. Sorry. If you Do you remember Scarification? We talked about that once before. Mm, wasn't it like a something you did with like a sharp metal thing? Yeah, sharp metal thing. You you cut people and scar them and it's make the, damage the skin. It's and, in the family of um of uh, trepanation, right? Isn't uh, that when we talked no. about it? Yeah, I think we did talk about it okay. in trepanation. 
Um, you could do it with or without arsenic, however you prefer. I'll take with. So Thank cut you. people off and or cut people up and then pour arsenic in their wounds. None for me, thanks. Um, in the Middle Ages, they tried castration, mm. Mm. Uh, which probably, to be fair, was as much to prevent them from having children as to actually try to fix it. Would it pass that way? Huh? You could pass that way? Would it pass genetically? No, it doesn't. Okay. One very popular treatment for decades was chalmugra oil. Chalmugra oil. A lot of people have probably heard of this. Um, It's from a tree. Uh, There's some confusion over which tree, but the important thing for you to know is it's from a tree. The active ingredient is hydnocarpic acid. It has a bunch of fatty acids in it, too. And that that acid is antibacterial. Hmm. It really is. So the thought was that you could um, either, like, turn it into a mixture like suspended in gum or an emulsion or something you could put it on topically uh they tried to give it to people orally um but it made you really really nauseous mm. when that didn't work they tried to give it to people rectally don't know if that would have been my next move no me neither but that was bad because then it caused ulcers Ugh, i don't know if this is a good solution so instead they started injecting it into people iv or uh intravenously or intramuscularly mm-hmm um, they, you know, did it work or not? I don't know. Uh, there's some information that maybe it was successful at times. Maybe really? it helped for a little bit. It didn't help in the long run. Right. Um, probably. Uh, but there, it was some evidence that maybe, I mean, and this was used for quite a long time, like all the way up until we had actual medications for leprosy. People yeah. were using chalmugra oil. It's interesting. It, it seems like because of the now, this is just like a this is again some of my classic speculation, but it seems to me that perhaps the biblical stigma, because it was so it had such a reputation of being connected to being dirty or uh, being unclean, okay. that maybe uh-huh. we weren't as because we these are really long for treatments. We don't normally cling to stuff like this that isn't working for like centuries. Yeah. That, that maybe there wasn't the rush to try to treat it and take care of it. I think I think you're I think that's a very good point because as I looked for a lot of different treatments, um, I didn't find the usual just lists and lists of weird stuff that we gave people to eat or drink or paste all over their body. You know, I mean, usually I look up these illnesses and I find just pages and pages of and then try this tree and then try this plant and then right. you know. Uh, and it, it's not out there, as far as I can tell, for leprosy. We found this chalmugra oil, which seemed to work maybe, and we stuck with it for a long time. There are a handful of other weird treatments in there. But sadly, I, I think because you're right, uh, for a long time it was seen as the patient's fault. Mm-hmm. So they did something wrong, that they were dirty in some way. They were cursed or something. And then the other thing, it, it, the last thing I kind of want to talk about, I guess, in terms of treatment, although this isn't really a treatment, it was one of the things that was done for people who had leprosy. It was quarantine. Hmm. Um, it was very common all throughout history that if you had leprosy, you were kept away from the general population. Um, the reasoning for this was twofold. One, to protect everybody else from you because you know, the belief was that leprosy was very contagious. In reality, it wasn't. But the, the fear was that if you touched someone with leprosy, you would get it. Right, which would be very talked about as inaccurate. Right. Uh, but then it also was because of the stigma against people with leprosy, they were the common they were a common target of violence. Oh, wow. And, and, and murder. So uh, keeping 
uh, people with leprosy in quarantine was was also for their own protection. Um, if they weren't in quarantine, they had to, especially throughout the Middle Ages, where bells or clappers, um, as they were you know, to to ring or to you know clap together as they were moving through crowds, so that people would know they were coming and be able to move away from them. That's actually what the song Silver Bells was written about. Did you know that? No, it's not. It's not. But it could, what if it was? <laughs> Oof. What a twist that would have been. That's a good story, though. Yeah, I'm gonna just keep saying it. <laughs> keep saying it until somebody that's believes how it. legends begin <laughs> justin makes them up i make them up you're welcome uh they even depending on which way the wind was blowing they had to walk on a certain side of the street so that people wouldn't have Ugh, to breathe gosh. the wind that blew past them cut them I a know. break they already have leprosy so uh, and which is why so many people ended up in um leper asylums or leprosariums is what they were called mm-hmm. um all, they started in the 13th century all the way through to the 20th century. We had these. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. All across Europe and Asia and eventually into the U.S. Uh, at their peak, there were probably 19,000 in existence at one time. There were colonies, uh, like um, especially some of the monastic orders. So a monastery would kind of sponsor like a colony of people who had leprosy. So they didn't actually have to be in a building because a lot of these places were similar to like psychiatric asylums. Mm-hmm. Um, the They were called leper colonies. And uh, the idea was that we would just have like a little community where you could only live if you had leprosy. Sid, do you think that at least one of those colonies, they learned martial arts? How sweet would that have been? Why Why would that have been sweet? Just like imagine it. <laughs> An army of people with leprosy and you're like, hey, look at the leper. And then he was like, what did you say to me? And it's like, just did martial arts all over him. I just think that would be a sweet movie. I, I just mean, wanted to tell you that I thought that would be a sweet movie. Well, maybe. Who okay. knows what those monks were up to? Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. I mean, hey. Maybe, right? Maybe they were teaching them martial arts. Do monks know that? Some they, of they box, them. right? Or video is that just priests? Video games have taught me that all monks know martial arts. They make beer. Why they, they probably know martial arts. Why can't arts? they train people with leprosy to kill? You get drunk. You want to do some martial arts. Why not? Um, a lot of that was based on the, the reason that monks got involved is that they thought that um, someone who had leprosy was actually in purgatory on earth that their suffering was holier than the suffering of other sick people because having leprosy was a way that you had already died but you were stuck on earth so you were in purgatory well they were certainly holier really unacceptable fair enough unacceptable that was my there, that's sorry. the only one you get. I'm so sorry. Just one. There, there was all. There was actually a group of monks that were um, specifically founded for the care of people with leprosy, and also made up of people with leprosy, called the Order of Saint Lazarus. In which you probably get that reference. You're a good, good little. Yeah, that's Bible like a, reader. That's like a super popular one. That's yeah. like a classic. That's so what happened to Lazarus, Justin? For those who don't know, he died. Uh-huh. Of leprosy? No. And just died. Just he died. just died. <laughs> and he, Jesus brought him back. Right. So th- it would make sense that they would call it the Order of St. Lazarus if they thought that people with leprosy were dead on earth. Yeah. So um, if people who did stay in asylums, who weren't in, in colonies but in asylums, were usually separated by gender um, in order to prevent children uh, because the children of lepers they were seen as a, a sin against God, unfortunately. Um 
like I said, this eventually happened in the U.S. The biggest was in Carville, Louisiana, and it was just known as, I, I forget what it was called, it was just known as Carville eventually. So I guess gone to Carville was probably a good euphemism for somebody with leprosy. Mm-hmm. Um, remember we had gone to Dwight for somebody who was getting gone clean off alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to Carville if you got leprosy. Um, and while in most parts of the world in the mid-1900s with the invention of the drugs we use today for leprosy, a lot of these things stopped. There weren't leprosariums anymore. Um, in some parts of the world, it persisted. In Japan, there was one open until 2008. Wow. Which I think is, is pretty crazy. And there are still, possibly, I don't know, as of the last thing I read, possibly there are still a handful of people left in asylums all over the world with leprosy. Ugh. I don't, I, if, if anybody knows if that's true for sure, let me know. But I mean, that's that. If you're someone with I've leprosy read. and you're in an asylum and you're listening to this podcast, first off, that's a pretty chill asylum. Congratulations. <laughs> that's one of the good ones. You may just want to chill there. But uh, if not, just send us an email. Sawbones at MaximumFun.org. I, I don't know if that's if that's correct. But from what I've read there, there may still be people treated that way yikes which of course is not necessary today we have treatments we have a cure for leprosy oh great um the first modern treatment that was invented was called promen uh it was quickly uh replaced with better drugs uh dapsone clofazamine rifampin uh those three are used in triple therapy today uh, much like tuberculosis if anybody's familiar with it we use multiple drugs to treat it you don't just get one mm-hmm. leprosy is the same way um, so we use these medications today uh, with great effectiveness. Um, leprosy is still around, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, there are probably, as of 2012, there were 180,000 cases. That was the prevalence. The, in- the incidence of leprosy, do you know the difference? I do not. The incidence is how many cases we have each year. No. Oh, okay. The prevalence is how many cases total exist right now. Oh, right. So incidence is tough with leprosy because it hangs around. Right. So it's hard to tell exactly when it happened. Yeah, when it happened. Um, But it still exists uh, mostly in India, Brazil, Nepal, Tanzania. Why can't we just treat everybody? Um, We can. Seems like we we can just wipe this thing out. Uh, You know, there there are a lot of movements to do that. A lot of um, a lot of organizations. Uh, money and, and, and good people putting their time into trying to eradicate leprosy. I don't think it's uh, an unrealistic goal. I think with it being a primarily human disease um, that makes it possible. That's why smallpox was easier to eradicate because it was a human disease. So I think it's a possibility. We've got good treatments. We've just still got work to do. If I need to wipe every armadillo off the face of this planet, God, <laughs> so help me God, I'll do it. I think the armadillos would be low on my list. I'd start with treating all the people with leprosy. And remembering that um, leprosy is just another illness that people unfortunately can get. Yes. And is no should be no more stigmatized than the common cold. So that's leprosy, Sydney. I, I will take your word for it that I do not uh, have it. Yeah. Do you believe me now? I do believe you, and I'm sorry that I doubted you and your medical acumen. It will... Well, it will. It will definitely happen again. I but. hope that I know the difference between leprosy and jelly. I, I do teach at a medical school, and I'd probably lose my job if I didn't. You've never seen it, right, leprosy? No, I've never seen leprosy. Um, if you do, let me know. Because if I if I do, um, 
Trust me, I will. Well, I'll probably write it up if I see a case of leprosy in Huntington. Okay, good. Well, I'll yeah, look forward to reading. That would probably be worthy of a case report I'll in the medical journal. I'll look forward to reading that report. And I'll look forward to reading your emails that you send to us at sawbonesatmaximumfun.org. You can uh, suggest a show there. Did anybody suggest this episode? Or was this from your mind's eye? Actually, yes, Justin. Somebody did recommend this episode. Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. So thank you. Very kind of you. Uh, and please do email those because they're a lot easier to keep track of if you, uh, uh, rather than suggesting them on Twitter. But if you want to tweet about our show, you are certainly welcome to. We're at Sawbones. Uh, and thank you to people tweeting about our show like Ninja Glamour Makeup, Chris Willoughby, Diana Delana Sky, Max, Sporksan, Klikaz, I guess, Kaylee Kaz, I don't know. Jay Butler, Alex Shaver, Jeremy D. Impson, Jay Butler, uh, our friends over at uh, Games by Playdate, who are apparently working on a Sawbones-themed game. Thank you, Glenn, Meg, and Dan. Thank you, guys. Um, that's very exciting. Make sure you listen to all the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network, like Jordan Jessica, Stop Podcasting Yourself, Judge John Hodgman, Wham Bam Pow, One Bad Mother, my brother, my brother, and me. Oh, thank you, Sydney. I appreciate that. Uh, there's a ton of other shows over there. You can go discuss them all at MaximumFun.org and go to our forums uh, where you can uh, chat about our most recent episode. Thank you to the yeah. Taxpayers, uh, a band that makes the music that you hear at the beginning. And, and so graciously allows us to use it. They're the Taxpayers on Twitter, so just follow them and buy all their music. And that's going to do it for us. Make sure you join us again next Tuesday for another episode of Sawbones. Until then, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.